Woohoo! Welcome to Spiritpreneur School, where spirited entrepreneurs connect. I am your guide, your host, and your sister on this journey, Aviola Abrams. And today, we have a very, very powerful guest. Let's say hi to her, and then I will tell you a little bit more about who she is. Hello, Miss Kia Granberry-Moore. Hi! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited to have you here. For people who uh, may be already a part of uh, the Planet Aviola uh, Sacred Bombshell Tribe, you may be familiar with Miss Kia Granberry Moore because she is featured in the Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self Love. Ooh, don't look my nails. <laughs> And she also, last year, we had a very powerful conversation where she shared with me some of the things that she had experienced. We're going to get into those in the conversation. And it was an article that went viral on both Bossip and Mommy Noir, which is a part of the Madame Noir universe. And so Kia is a very powerful woman. She is a minister and an entrepreneur, a proud alum of Clark University, Clark Atlanta U, and she graduated summa cum laude with a degree in psychology. With this degree under her belt, she set off to complete a rigorous master's degree program at the University of Chicago. Now, Kia is an incredible person, and I just am excited for us to get into this conversation. So much has changed in her life since our last conversation, and she just keeps evolving and blossoming and blooming. Um, so, Kia, that was my introduction to who you are. You tell us in detail who is Kia Granberry Moore. Well, thank you so much for that lovely introduction, first of all. Um, hi, everybody. Um, I guess just to be really brief, um, I'm, I just turned 30 um, this year. Yay, happy birthday. Thank you. And I've been in ministry for um, six years. Prior to that, if you were not involved in what we did last year, you don't know this, but um, I grew up in a single parent home with my mother. Um, I knew my father, but we didn't have the best relationship. But um, because my mother would take me to the library as a child, you know, academics became a really big deal to me. It was going to be my ticket to something better. And so I always did well in school, stayed out of trouble. Um, but while I was in college, um, I went blind for the first time. And so um, shortly thereafter, a few years later, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And so I've been blind four times and deaf once, uh, but God promised me healing. And um, I guess it would be maybe seven years after the diagnosis. Um, I went back to the doctors and they couldn't find any evidence of an illness. And so really, you know, without getting into all the cool stuff that I've been able to do to work with celebrities and to do marketing and branding for mega, for mega churches and major brands, I think the coolest thing that I can share with you guys is that, you know, I, I, I reached my lowest point unexpectedly, you know, being diagnosed and I didn't let that stop me. I trusted, you know, that good was going to come my way. And one day when I least expected it, you know, everything was restored. And so I just, I, I, I go around the world kind of sharing that story, sharing my light and just encouraging people that, you know, you can hit rock bottom by your own fault or no fault of your own, but it doesn't have to stop you. I think that that is just such a powerful testimony, Kia. And, you know, I'm tearing up just thinking of all that you've been through. I mean, you know, you shared with me before how you were in the car 
you know, with your girl and you suddenly just went blind and could not drive. And, you know, the things that you experienced and you were able to create a healing in your life. And I know that for you as a minister, that there were times when you doubted your calling. I think this is very relevant because the people who are drawn to my work and drawn to this podcast are people who are healers, soul-based, heart-based entrepreneurs that have a calling, have a voice, have something they have to do in the world, and they feel, you know, afraid for whatever reason. Can you talk about your experience in answering your calling as a minister? Oh my gosh. So this is the part that I love to talk about because I grew up in the Baptist church, um, you know, sing with hymnals, the choir marches in the choir robes. My pastor baptized me, you know, the whole night. I loved him, but he was extremely traditional. And so um, I accepted my calling when I was 24. And up until that point, I'd never seen a woman in his pulpit. And so I wrestled, Abiola, for a long time with whether or not God had really wanted me to do what it is that I was having dreams about. And, you know, I would have dreams about scriptures and see myself preaching sermons about things that I didn't even know. And I would open up the Bible and it would be exactly what I dreamed. And so I knew, you know, that these things were supposed to happen, but I didn't have an example. And so one day I, I told my pastor I needed to talk to him. And you guys, I literally went to his house every week for a year, cried in his office and never told him what I wanted to say because I was so afraid that he would not honor what I felt was stirring inside of me. Um, but on the day that I got the courage to share it with him, he just laughed and said, I knew that the entire time. But it was important for my pastor, for me to own who I am and not for him to, to give it to me. Um, and so even that year of me wrestling was, was part of making me who I am because I had to get to the point where I didn't fear people's opinion of me. I didn't fear whether or not someone would tell me that I that this was not what I was supposed to do or that a woman couldn't do it. And so... Once I got to that point, I, I was fearless. There have been many times you know, as a woman where I've had to deal with discrimination, even amongst ministers and believers. But it's just something that you have to go through. When, when, when God has called you to do something great, especially for those of you that are doing things that have never been done, you won't have an example. You may not even have a mentor who specifically does what you do. But because of the greatness inside of you, you can get through it. You can make it. Um, and, and there are people who are watching you who need your example. So you can't afford to quit, not just for yourself, but for the people behind you. Um, but you will most certainly meet challenges. But those challenges are nothing that you cannot subdue. Wow, that is so, so powerful because, you know, I know that for a lot of people, like they may not be in your exact situation, but there's so much for them to take from that, that you, a lot of people are afraid to step into their calling because they're afraid of exactly what you said. They feel like I don't have any role models who are doing what I do or my family or friends may be like, you know, well, who are you? You changed. What happened? You used to be, you know, fun. You used to be at the club. You used to be drinking. You that, was me. that was me. <laughs> I was a party girl. I dated party promoters. And so when God was showing me stuff, I'm like, surely you don't mean me. You know, like I was a good girl, but I wasn't a saint. And so, you know, that's part of, you know, recognizing the greatness inside of you that, that we, that there's somebody, you know, above us who, who created us. Right. And because he created us, there are things in us that are greater than we can even comprehend. And so when he challenges us to do great things, 
it's not for us to become self-conscious, you know what I mean, or to become apprehensive, but it's for us to recognize that somebody sees something greater in me than I see it in myself. Mm, very, very powerful. Now, I have to share with you, Kia, that, you know, when we had our conversation about a year and a half ago now, and, you know, it was on, um, and uh, it was on my column on Mommy Noir and syndicated to boss up, etc. that, you know, there were a lot of you know, I hate talking about haters, but there were people who came out of the woodwork and were like, she don't look like no minister. That's not how a minister is supposed to look. That's you know, like people have all of these ideas in their head about who you're supposed to be. And I know that you started out, you know, in fashion and beauty, and we can see that as a part of your ministry and as a part of what you put forward into the world. Um, can you talk a bit about, being your authentic self. I mean, this is who you are, you know, and, and this is who I am. And I, I love talking to other women who are authentic because I really feel like it does give other people a chance to be like, I'm going to be me with whatever I do. Mm -hmm. It's so important for me to be in this place. I wasn't always in this place. I don't know if I shared this with you, but when I preached my first sermon, bless her heart, my pastor's wife and another minister's wife, they took me shopping and I wanted to wear this bright red suit. You know, I went back and got it later. But it was this really nice red suit that was in Macy's. You know, it was cut right and it was bold and it was nice. And I walked in the room and I showed it to them and I was so excited. And they were like, no, you have to be muted behind the word. You need to wear white. And so they took me to this church lady store that had all the hats and the. You said a church lady store. You know, and if that's your style, that's you. But but it wasn't mine. And they made me buy this white suit that had like the long sleeves. Like I'll tweet the picture later on. It's hilarious. But it was like with the ruffle sleeves and the yes. ruffle collar. And it came down to the floor, the skirt. Like, it wasn't a dress. It was a skirt that came down to the floor. And these big sparkly shoes. You know, I got a big chunky necklace on, but rarely am I, like, really sparkly. I like lots of <laughs> colors and textures, but I don't do a lot of sparkle. And so they just had me really shiny and puffy. And that is how I was made to dress for the first few years of my ministry. I didn't like it. It wasn't me. Um, and then eventually I, I found myself and. You know, I started visiting other ministries and working for other churches. And I remember one time I preached in over-the-knee boots that had, like, spikes on the side and jeans. And I was like, yes, you know, this is me. This is who God created me to be. And, and I think that God has put me in this position so that other young women can see that you can still love God and serve God and still have your own sense of style. Um, and so it's important for me, you know, to embrace who I am. You know, my husband was joking with me before we started recording, like, are you – you know, is, is it okay if you wear the turban? Because he knows this is who I am off camera, but he didn't know if it was okay for me to be who I am on camera. And it's just like, I'm in a place in my life now where if I can't be who I am on and off camera, then, you know, I, I can't do it. Because I'm, I'm doing myself a disservice and the God who created me. So if you're listening and, you know, I'm not saying, you know, dye your hair pink and go to corporate America, you know, and do what you want to do. But by all means, don't shrink back. Don't don't minimize your individuality because, you know, I, I say this all the time, and I probably said it the last time we talked, that your birth certificate, right, is proof that God wanted something new in the world. 
because yeah. if you aren't born, he doesn't do copies, he doesn't do do-overs, um, he doesn't do replication or even bootleg copies, right? Because we know about knockoffs and bootlegs. He always does an original. And so if you're watching and you know, you're struggling with being who you are and, and owning your own voice, I want to challenge you to do just that. Because when you mimic someone else or you try to mute who you really are, you're keeping yourself further away from realizing your true purpose. Because you can't be who God created you to be if you're trying to be a little bit less than that to make other people feel comfortable. Yes, I love that. I say that all the time. And you just said it so beautifully, Kia. Let's, before we go in, I want to talk about your marketing company. But before then, let's stay on what we're talking about right now. Because I feel like this is such an important lesson. I talk to people all the time, you know, in my work, in my ministry. I consider this to be my gospel of greatness. About how to unblock your blessings. About the ways we get in our own way and sabotage our own good. Can you talk a little bit about that before we go into talking about your business um I, I, I didn't think I was gonna respond to this this way but mm -hmm. I think what I want to say is the way that we block our blessings is by resisting the struggle mm. um, so many great people had to go through seasons of struggle right seasons of strife or you know seasons of you know uncertainty and, and it is in those seasons you know where your character is strengthened you know where your integrity you know, it's amplified where you really figure out who you are. And so when we settle for mediocrity, when we settle for pleasing people and not fully becoming our complete manifested self, uh, we do that because we are avoiding struggle or uncertainty or, you know, um, we're trying to mimic the opinions of others instead of being who we truly are. And so I think the way that we block our blessings is by avoiding struggles because God blesses us in the valley, right? He blesses us in seasons of uncertainty. It is in those moments where you really see that it's God and not you that's carrying you. And so my greatest blessing you know, have come from seasons of uncertainty and seasons of struggle. But if I had stayed in my comfort zone, I would have never known them, right? I, I would have just known life as I knew it and never experienced the abundance or the glory or the greatness that's on the other side of a struggle. Yes, that's so important because that comfort zone thing, that is it right there that people want to feel like, okay, they want to stay safe or they want to say, well, this is the plan. This is what mommy and daddy thought that my life was supposed to look like. And so let me just try to do this. Let me just try to tiptoe in the safeness, safety, or like you said, you know, resist the fact that, you know, there are seasons in life, you know, um, um, Esther, um, one of my favorite characters in the Bible remember she she was in the palace right you know she had all the things that a queen could want and her uncle comes back and he's like you know he's challenging her to do something that's dangerous that would save a lot of people and at first she wasn't going to do it because she was comfortable but he said something that sticks with me to this day he said you know what if you were called to this place for such a time as this and that's what you have to ask yourself when you meet uncertainty in your life and you're thinking about staying in your comfort zone or leaping over that place to get to your destiny. You have to ask yourself, have I really been called here for this time? Am I the only person that can do this? Am I the only person designed to beat this struggle? Because if you need a struggle, you're designed for it. You know, you're, the doom that you see is indicative of a door opening. It's not indicative of, of you being, you know, unworthy of God's blessings or unable to conquer this. Anytime you see doom or struggle, it's always indicative of a blessing on the other side. But only the people who are courageous enough to get through, right, that struggle are the ones who get them. Everybody you think of, Oprah, Michael Jordan, 
you know, everybody, you know, that, that you think of, they've, they've had to go through struggles. Maya Angelou, Barack Obama, they're great because they persevered. They, they were audacious. And so if you want to get the best out of life, you have to be unafraid of uncertainty. Oh, that's beautiful. Somebody just tweet that scripture. What if you were called here for such a time as this? Beautiful. So Kia, one of the things that you actually shared with me and we went, you know, deep on, you know, it's funny, it was just a year and a half ago we were having this conversation and, you know, so much has just opened up and just unfolded within that time. But one of the things we were talking about was domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, for me, most of my audience is women. Can you talk a bit about being in a relationship with somebody that you thought that you were going to marry, someone you thought was your happily ever after, and trying to figure out whether to stay, whether to go, and being in that abusive situation, and also what, why you have the courage to be able to talk about that and share that? Um, it's really funny because um, I actually just became a media partner for a celebrity who's doing a surprise event for domestic violence survivors. And so I've been kind of immersed in domestic mm -hmm. violence awareness all morning. Um, but it's important to me because again, that whole, I'm tweeting it to you now, it's Esther four and 14. Um, you know, he's challenging her not to remain silent. We have to understand that sometimes God chooses us for trouble, right? That it, it's not that we're being punished, but that he's choosing us for trouble because of the people who we have access to. And so in Esther's case, she had an entire kingdom who was watching her. And so oftentimes, you know, women who are uh, unfortunate, you know, victims of domestic violence, you know, it's not, I don't want you to think that God is punishing you or that you did something wrong, right? Because God never wants his daughter to be harmed or to be hurt. But the way that you make, um, make amends of the situation, right, is one, to forgive yourself for anything that you think you've done, two, to forgive your abuser, and then get to the place where you're so whole that you realize that, I've gone through this and now I have an audience of women who I can help get out of this or help prevent going through this. And so for me, you know, it's one of the most powerful things that I can share with women because I there there's no faith in domestic violence, right? We we um we we make caricatures of women who've been abused, right? We we, we stereotype them, but but women who've been abused, they span every demographic. You know, I was in my um, mid twenties, I was a minister. I was going to church every Sunday. I had two degrees. I was a regional director for a nonprofit, and I was dating a pastor. Right, all of the things that, that the media tells you would not be involved in domestic violence, but it happened to me. Um, and thank God, you know, I survived. I, I wasn't, you know, severely injured. I suffered a concussion and a contusion before it was all over, but. But I, but I want people to understand that even if you've never gone through domestic violence, that you shouldn't judge women who are in those positions because you'll never truly understand the psychology of a people. Uh, but if you are connected to a woman, you should try to help her, try to help her get out of the situation, try to encourage her, but also recognize that she's in fear of her life every day um, and that there's really nothing that you can say outside of him dropping dead that will make her feel safe. You know, because that was where I was for a while, but it, it takes a long time to heal from that situation. Um, but I will say you need to be healed from it before you get into another relationship because you would carry that baggage into something that could be the greatest blessing. Now, did people in your life know what was going on with you? Um, to a certain extent. You know how people kind of know that something isn't right? My mm -hmm. family didn't like him. Um, no matter how hard I tried, they just did not like him. And um, 
so nobody knew that he was because he was extremely verbally abusive in the beginning and then he didn't he wasn't necessarily physical but he would make threatening moves mm -hmm. um and so i just kind of lived in fear and so they didn't know until the day that i couldn't hide it because i had a black eye that was like swollen mm -hmm. um and you know they went with me to the hospital but most women hide it it's not until a woman shares it with somebody that she's ready to leave and at that point i was like i need an army around me and so if you're listening and you're going through abuse or you know someone who is going through abuse they need an army right she, she can't dismantle this situation by herself and so if she's coming to you she's coming to you for support but also for your discretion because anything that you do right could also put her in harm's way so it's a very sensitive situation we have to be here all day to really explain it but but we they need army they need armies to dismantle the situation it's just it's awful and law enforcement makes you feel like you were the criminal so it's just it's really difficult for women who are in abusive situations to to find help and to find assistance and to break through the barrier of shame to get help well thank you for sharing that with us i think that 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 you know i feel i feel in my bones that you help somebody who is watching today either with a situation in their life or maybe somebody in their life that they can be a part of her army you know in going forward um and you know talk about you know a i can't have a a, a testimony without ha going through the test you said something really profound you said you have to heal it before you go forward, other way, otherwise you may block the biggest blessing coming through in your life. And so I want to call forward your husband, your man in your life that God has brought you into partnership with your equally partner in life, in love, and in business. Tara, come on, come on, join us, join us, please. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the conversation. Let me tell people a little bit about you. So recently, Miss Kia led her close friend and business partner of nearly a decade, Mr. Tarek Moore. Tarek is the CEO of You Dig Dance Company, Universal Dance and Interdisciplinary Guild, and has launched the careers of acclaimed choreographers, garnered a Grammy nomination, and now is preparing an all-new curriculum-based youth program to be launched soon, like now. His unique educational curriculum combining dance, music, and core subjects has been embraced by several academic outlets, including the Memphis Grizzlies Prep Academy, and they have a business venture together that we're going to get into. But welcome, 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 Tarek. How is everything going? I am great. Uh, such an honor to, um, you know, have this opportunity to share our mission and where we're going and where we've been. Um, it's an honor. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. This is actually my first couple interview in the Spiritpreneur School series. And so since we are coming in off of, before we talk about your business venture, since we're coming in off of Kia sharing her very personal struggles and things that she went through, and now the blessing of partnership with you, can you talk about, give us some, 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 uh, some of your insight about loving a woman who has been through some things? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't feel on the spot or anything like that. Oh, wow. Well, my name is Tarek Moore. Uh, 
not your uh, conventional introduction, but, um, you know, it takes, uh, wow, man, it, it, it takes a bit of resilience, uh, spiritually, mentally, uh, to even endure, you know, this level of the power of God, you know, uh, to sustain with such a woman of her caliber, you know, Man, you have to stay rooted, mm. rooted. You know, that's that's basically what I would like to, you know, share with the audience. Uh, you know, you have to stay rooted in God. You have to stay rooted in love and uh, prayer works. Yes. Prayer works, meditation works. Yes. Um, and there are other principles, you know, that she points out to me on a consistent basis that, you know, uh, you know, we, we set as the as the tone of our relationship that really harvest the fruition, you know, of our purpose. You know, it's um man, this is just a surreal feeling. You know, it's kinda hard to explain that but uh purpose overrides all of the the norms that come with relationships. Uh when you're rooted in purpose you know, it's, it's such an empowering, you know, infinite, man. I think just, it's yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just an I, empowering, I infinite energy. It's an empowering, infinite energy. You know, it's the purpose. You know, here we are, man, really making it happen as one. You know, that's, that's not, you know, it's not really, it hadn't been simple. You know, I'm certain that people... Um, you know, can share that um, with me, you know, the regular norms of a relationship, but our purpose overrides all of that. So, yeah, you know, hopefully I hit it enough, but man, it was such a, such an introduction question there. So I was like, wow. (laughs) No, that is, that is a perfect answer. And I don't think that you, you know, were speechless or anything like that. That is so well said. And I know I can feel, I can feel the energetic pings throughout everybody who is listening that you, you know, touched our hearts. And I think that that is really profound. So thank you for that. And the, the cool thing is that your partners, not only in life and in love and in the spirit, but also in your business. And so one of the the big venture that you have together is the Mawoko Group. And so I'm looking at your uh, your site and it says, let us help you to carve out your dream and birth your vision with nearly 17 years combined experience. Our staff brings together a dynamic team of CEOs who have launched successful businesses, staffed companies, rebranded major organizations and shifted cultures. And so can you both tell us about what your what this company is and what it is specifically that you do? Well, particularly with the, the youth development, uh, we aim to help. Oh, the marketing piece. Well, yeah, it's yeah. Well, of course, we have an umbrella and then the subsidiary companies that come with it. So we'll start with Moco. Yeah. So the marketing company is something we kind of merged together because Terry had been doing business coaching. You talked about his dance company. So for the past ten years. Um, he's had a very successful dance company. He says I brag on him too much, but you know, if you've ever seen like the Kia Soul commercial with those hamsters dancing, like yes. he picked those hamsters and trained those guys. Um, 
one of his dancers is on tour with Madonna right now. Um, they've been in Gap ads. If you saw the Janelle Monet tightrope video, the dancers in the tuxedos, those are people he trained. And so over the years, not only with those superstars, but he's touched about 7,000 kids in the Mid-South who probably wouldn't show up to school unless Mr. Moore was there with his program. And so because his business has been so successful, uh, oh, I should say he was my first client. So that, that's how we met. Um, oh, that's so, beautiful. Um, he was always with me. Every bio I ever wrote about myself always included the work I did with him, even if I didn't name him by name. So that's always funny to me. Um, and so we decided to merge our companies. And so now we're working with people in ministry. We're working with small businesses. Um, we're working small business, helping small businesses grow their clientele. Um, we're doing branding for public figures, but our passion, which is what he was going to talk about, of course, is our youth program. And I'm not sure if you're ready to go in that direction, but that's really, you know, like the, the, the biggest thing. So we've got the coaching and the marketing that we do from nine to five. And then from five until four in the morning, we're up working on figuring out ways you know, to get grants and to raise money so that we can help more kids. Because Memphis, the crime rate in Memphis is ridiculous. The dropout rate is ridiculous. And so Tarek and I were actually working for a program that was funded by the city of Birmingham um, when we first got married. And he came home one day and was like, we've got to go back home and help the kids who, who grew up in the same neighborhoods as us. And so we came back home and we launched Moaco Teens, which is the teen version where we groom kids to own their own businesses. But we use dance as the caveat to get them in. Oh, beautiful. That's such a beautiful program. And it's based in Memphis? Mm -hmm. It is. It is. We're here to help the single mothers um, and really impact in that statistic that really uh, is the root of the crime statistics, the unemployment, um, focusing on that, that young child and developing that whole child. Uh, artistically, you know, we're able to build that confidence, build that self-esteem. And once you build that relationship, then you can then introduce them to life skills, workforce skills. Um, and, you know, the pipeline is already proven. Uh, again, um, some of the young people that I've had, you know, such a, a pleasure in giving them the skill set that they need uh, to reach and achieve their dreams. Uh, so the pipeline works. It's just a matter of us now advocating to get more sponsors, uh, grants, and uh, donors to get behind results, you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, what we've seen in the past, um, you know, for underserved youth. This should be a national program. That sounds really, really powerful. Yes, yes, yes. We're, well, we're, we're expanding slowly, uh, Tri-State. Uh, we're looking at what well, we're targeting uh, Jackson, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, Birmingham, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. So we're incubating the program there. Uh, we're building partnerships. So uh, region by region, uh, we'll expand nationally with the program. But out, the MJ Urban Ballet Program, um, which is internationally uh, you know, recognized on multiple levels, as I shared with the successful dancers. Uh, we already have that international impression, and uh, now we're just looking to follow up with the entrepreneurship skills and life skills, you know, that other half that completes that child, and they go off and do great things. 
I love that. I I think that this is really, you know, just a beautiful example of how, you know, Kia is taking her ministry and literally, you know, making it not just at the pulpit. Like a lot of people think that, you know, it's like, okay, when I'm in church, I'm in church, but your church is your life you've brought, you know, and so you bring that to everything that you're doing. Is that how you, you would both describe it? Yeah, well, um, when you mention it, you know, it's well, I would like to connect it to when we were married, when we got married. The ceremony was beside a, a body of water. Uh, because we never shared that publicly. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. He's so um, private, but whenever we get on camera, he spills the beans. Yeah. I'm on camera. So. <laughs> Um, hey, but again, to expound on that, I do feel that there are spiritual limitations when just focusing on the pulpit. Um, you know, God is the universe, and that has to, that should, you know, I, I would like for that to resonate for a second to uh, really empower anyone to take their faith to that next level, you know, that it's achievable because, uh, again, we do have a world mission, you know, um, and that's the, that's the faith that we exercise daily. We exercise it outside of the pulpit, in the world, in the middle of uh, what needs to be, you know, how we need to save these lives and, you know, how we need to bring them to Christ and ultimately build them up, you know, to produce inside of the kingdom instead of just staying and standing inside of the kingdom, you know, we, you got to produce. Jesus That's produced. Such, Jesus produced. You have to produce. You know, it's, such it's a funny story, too, because, you know, I mentioned that he was my first client. Well, when I got into ministry, God told me very clearly, you know, you need to separate from all of your clients that aren't ministry right now. And I need you to help me build up the church. And so I knew when he said that, that that would mean that I'd have to release Tarek's company because they were, you know, a dance company that didn't really do anything in the church. And Abiola, I was so heartbroken. I'm like, no, God, I'm not doing it. You know, we weren't dating. We were both in other relationships. But I was so passionate about what he did, and I knew it would hurt him. So I was so nervous, Abiola. I sent him an email like, hey, can't do this anymore. You don't have to pay me. Best of luck. And um, he was so mad at me, but... The funny thing is the site where, I mean, we, everything worked out. We became friends, worked together and, you know, fell in love and got married. But actually he proposed to me three years to the date that I sent that email. And wow. we didn't know that until after the fact. But it showed me that when you do, I may not have handled it the right way, but my heart was in the right place. When you do what God has told you to do, he'll always restore things, right? And bring things back together. And so now one of the sites where we have a mobile co-teens program, it's literally, I kid you not, on the spot of ground where he and I worked last before I sent that email. Oh, and wow. that last day that we worked together was the day that I caught my attacker and began to separate things. So were it not for us working together, I wouldn't have even been in the area to see what I needed to see to walk away. Mm. And so really, God is amazing, right? And so to hear my husband, right, while we're on this public, I mean, on this, this video. And I love talking, hearing you say my husband because I've you know, known you through all the stuff. And so. I know. <laughs> and so to hear him say, you know, that we've got to bring these kids to Christ and to hear him say, 
you know, we have to work like Jesus and to know that God made me separate from here years ago because his focus was, he was a believer, but his main focus was dance and not necessarily yeah. ministry of some sort. Um, it was always ministry, but it wasn't necessarily focused on Christ, right? It was great. They were doing great work, but it, but it wasn't technically ministry. And so to hear him now, you know, be so ministry focused on his own, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, an amazing, amazing feeling to know that, you know, when you let God do what God needs to do, he'll do it so perfectly that you can't deny it. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Somebody tweet that out. That is beautiful. And so, wow, that that's beautiful. That is beautiful. You two together, the glow and the energy, and I know you have heard this before, but the light around you is just so blindingly bright and beautiful. And just my heart is just like, ah, So let's talk about the marketing piece. If somebody is watching this and, you know, she is building a company because that's the the primary audience, you know, spirit-based, heart-based, soul-based entrepreneurs who are answering their calling to build, you know, a business. How do they, how would you recommend that they go about marketing themselves? Like, how do you work with a client? They've come to you and let's, let's say that they are a fashion designer, you know, Kia's uh, previous work. So if they come to you and they have a business, what do, and they say, I don't know where to begin. This is what I do. What, what do you recommend? How do, what are the steps? This is drill sergeant. I'm going to let him talk. He's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it works. <laughs> I'm a little bit softer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, first and foremost, to uh, connect with uh, any entrepreneur or small business owners. Uh, you know, I posed the other day to Kia that uh, we should redefine what an entrepreneur and a small business owner is uh, because uh, there are different dynamics uh, when in being an entrepreneur and a small business owner uh operations are of the utmost importance when you're a small business owner you know an entrepreneur is a it's a mentality it's a mindset and uh, but not to get too deep into that but over into the no 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 you can get into that because i think that that's an important piece i talk to when i when i give talks i talk about that all the time that it's a it's a specific mindset that it's you know that there are people who you know may be working on something and they're like you know well like they can't break through and they're trying to, and then it's like well are you an employee or an entrepreneur and there's no judgment with either one but it's a very specific thing so please go ahead um were you in here when I was talking about well, that? No, no, Struggle and uncertainty. Like, I think that's what separates. Oh. That fearlessness that you have to have. Mm. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean. He's more fearless you know, than me. Yeah, like yeah. that That comes, that's a formula. You know, you know that, that's a formula to become, you know, fearless and courageous and audacious. There's a formula to that. That's experience, that's perseverance, that's resilience, um, and so on. And then, you you know, you're able to embody what it takes to for that entrepreneur, small business owner walk. Uh, so I encourage anyone that has just launched a venture or leading in two is that you should plan for the first three to five years minimal minimal planning 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 is key uh but now to hop back over into you know what entrepreneurship um you know 
comparing that to small business owner, entrepreneur, you can be an entrepreneur at so many levels. If you're looking to generate revenue, there are tons, tons of revenue streams that you can tap in on all day. But again, there's a mindset that you need in order to, well, there's a detoxing that needs to happen mentally in order to understand, you know, all of the many facets of entrepreneurship. Uh, now, again, that's a, that's a mentality, how to connect, how to generate dollars, how to use resources, um, how to bring resources and networks together to generate revenue. You know, that's all entrepreneurship. Now, a small business owner, a product, a service, um, you know, a product, a service takes an operation. If you're looking to have employees uh, as well as, um, well, just, just to, I, I would just like to stay there. You know, I get real excited. I get overly excited. He's about extremely business, passionate man. about yeah, the difference. Yeah, like, He's like, this is not yeah. a small business. This is just <laughs> entrepreneurship. There's no right. product, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that supplemental income. Now, here you are, you're selling um you're selling uh products. Give me one of the lines. Mary Kay. Mm -hmm. You're selling Mary Kay. We love the, you, Mary Kay. Yeah. People. Well, again, yeah, oh, absolutely. Man, uh such a uh, um Man, that's a very respectful, yeah, 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 yeah. Much respect in that regard. But no, again, uh, if you're generating supplemental income uh, and it's just, just supplemental, then you're an entrepreneur. You know, that next phase is small business ownership. And mm -hmm. now you've chosen an industry uh, to, you know, gain a percentage of that. And there's an operation that has to come with that. Now to reconnect to where we were, you know, it's delegation. There's an organizational chart that needs to be there. It's a day-to-day -day operation from nine to five. You know, ultimately, people, some people assume that when you're a small business owner, you don't have a job anymore. You know, it's you have a job. You know, it's an operation, and you have to execute. You have to execute a model. You have to first build it, tweak it, and then execute with that model to generate the bottom line. And if you, well, one thing that has to be really mastered is delegation. And that's when Moaco Creative Group comes in mm -hmm. of the marketing leg. When being a small business owner, you have the CPA, you have, the, you have human resources, you have uh, the sales component, uh, all of these legs that, come in a, a normal organizational chart and then you have that monster of marketing let's How talk about that let's talk about that Tara because I know that you know some of the things that your company that you do you do very well you know you do branding rebranding brand refreshing and brand management press kit development biography content development social media strategy and implementation you know the graphic design the whole thing so if somebody comes to you guys and she has a new business walk me through like what the steps what should she how does she brand and market her business so really we do everything that we do is tailored to the client 
And so we've got like a questionnaire that everyone fills out. And then we, we start off with consultations. We want to do what's best for the client um, and so and for their budget. So Terry and I know what it's like, right, to have a dollar in a dream, right, and to not have a lot of money to do everything that we want to do. Yeah. Um, and so because we've, we've had years of experience to learn how to manage that, we approach people um, in several, several different ways. And so for some people, it's like, let's get you a banging social media campaign because you can't afford, you know, a lot of anything else. But for other people, you know, we can expand it. So it's really um, determined by the person's mission, uh, determined by their budget, and also their level of seriousness because I was joking earlier about him being the drill sergeant, but he's not going to work with you you're not really serious and that helps me because I spent years working with people who weren't serious who didn't have large budgets and I was like killing myself you know for peanuts and then Ted and I got married and he was like no I'm not gonna do that well, yeah I, I, I built my company uh, up to 250k in sales 250,000 in sales so for those entrepreneurs that are struggling you know with that that launching you know grassroots process there are strategies that can help you turn dollars and we can yeah, share those share three, strategies. Of them. Share, share three things that if somebody is looking she's in chicago or oklahoma or wherever and she may not have access yet to you know the Tarek and kia morocco next level what can she do what are those what are three things she can do today I think she needs to first define who she is, right? What she offers. Um, decide what makes what she offers and who she is different, right, than anyone else. Um, but then also, um, I would advise if I had to choose a third one, she needs to decide how she's like other people. Because the way that you win in the marketing game is to know who you're most like and who you're most different so that you can take what you know about both of those things and craft your unique niche. And so, you know, if you want to sell hamburgers, that's fine, but you need to know what McDonald's and Burger King and Five Guys are doing, right? But if you decide you want to make a nacho burger that nobody is selling, then how can we make that great? How do we make that appealing to people? But it starts with defining who you are. I meet so many people who have been in business for so long, who have logos that have nothing to do with their business, who are doing marketing campaigns that have nothing to do with what they want to do, and they're, they're all over the place. It's so important that you find out who you are and find that one thing and stick to it. Right. I know that sounds crazy because we've got a team program and a marketing company, but it's two of us. Um, right. but and, and there is overlap there. And you didn't just start off doing that. You both had a track record before and built up a, a set of skills in who you were talking to. And you know that when you're talking to your youth program people, you're fully there. And when you're talking to, you know, your marketing people, you're fully there. So we get that. We get it. Go ahead. So one, build your niche build your niche, and then uh, determine your target market, you know, your demographic. Look, just three, three, list. You have, target your consumer, okay? Target your consumer, target your market. Who's going to buy the chocolate chip cookie? You know, who's going to buy, um, you know, a, a, a shoelaces, you know, who's going to buy that and list those three, whatever your product is, go and do research and development. Uh, so many entrepreneurs over the years uh, take research and development for granted. So I would say niche, target market, 
and research and development because then you man is that's the that's the fun part you know i'm a, I'm, a, I'm an artist yeah well <clears throat> yeah i'm kind of a business geek but <laughs> yeah, you know when when you uh simply research and development is just going online and studying other models um and once you start to pull from other mo other models that are already proven to work then you start to build um you know the phases and strategies and achieving what you said is goals and that's that business plan so you know and don't take a business plan lightly either please by by no mean uh yeah you know you really have to get it you know you know i, I tell you this is that you have to work the plan to get results if you build a plan and you don't work it to get results then you're exhausted you're you're infuriated you don't want to move forward it's hand in hand once the plan is set you must work the plan and modify the plan until uh you know progress is there so I think, modification yeah. is something that he's really big on i i'm learning agility from him because yeah. he's been in business longer than me and earned a lot more than i have um but um he's flexible so he's really really serious about studying your audience and your consumer because he will morph into what the consumer wants to increase profitability where some people would just keep you know spending more money yeah. on marketing right yeah. and shoving yeah. it down people's throats yeah. he'll shift and you know yeah. he's very yeah. agile and maybe that's because he's a dancer so agility crosses yeah. all of his sectors well, well business is capitalism and capitalism is about making money okay let's if you're not making money and operating a business that's not capitalism it's you know i i say that uh you know i say that because it seems that sometimes that key principle is not understood you have to generate money there's a way to generate money so uh what was the first one uh establish your niche mm -hmm. uh determine your target demographic your market uh and then the other half of that how to reach the market yeah we know that your your budget is low we understand that you have 20 bucks that you have 50 bucks it's okay i got to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year from zero mm, from zero okay uh but i did do a capital investment i had about 20 grand coming in and i went broke quick okay <laughs> very very quick uh but you know i've been an entrepreneur since uh you know my teen my teenage years so there's a lot of experience strategies and experience uh that i know that's proven to work uh so again niche target demographic how to reach that target demographic uh three what do we say for three honey um develop research and development research and development and for uh the business is, plan oh yeah. yeah the business plan and um, um um you know that 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 will conclude it can you tell you was a teacher 
because he's uh, I love it no but that's good that's what people need like a clear like okay a b c d like that's really really helpful and I have to tell you both I love this conversation because one of the um, the new programs that I have coming up is around abundance and spiritual abundance can we talk about that because you know it's really this this conversation is really powerful because it crosses a lot of sectors that make people uncomfortable which is good because you have to get out of that comfort zone people get it twisted and we grow up with all these things in our head money is the root of all evil and all of these things and don't uh, realize that abundance uh, is our woman. birthright abundance is our birthright so let's talk about the love abundance. of money is the root let's of all evil money about, is a blessing let's talk about getting comfortable spiritually with money because this is an issue that I know that I had in the past, you know, feeling like, okay, well, I can't charge people or, you know, my family has been in the empowerment business for decades, for generations. My, you know, great, great grandmother was a midwife. My grandparents on both sides were farmers. My father is a minister. And so there were a lot of issues that I had around this. Let's talk about it. Well, I, to start with, um, it's very, it's very common. Um, did, either of you, did either of you ever have these issues or did you both come in already knowing, okay, abundance is my birthright? No, well, I, I had to, you know, first detox the hand of oppression. You know, mm. uh, the hand of oppression is very thick within our mentalities. And once you detox that, then um, I, I know that the power of, you will reach a new height in the power of God, which is your spirituality. It will, you know, uh, uh, my spirituality is, is what, babe? I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm listening to yeah. you without yeah. distraction. No, no, no. I was just trying <laughs> to get a word there. But um, again, uh, once you detox the hand of oppression, you know, uh, systemically, there are some, you know, systemically, there are, things in place to have us to, um, you know, our mentalities cultivated yeah. in a particular way. So once you detox that hand of oppression, then you get to abundance. Mm -hmm. Then you, then you can see, you can, you know, feel your way out to get there. But how do you detox the hand of the hand of oppression? That's another conversation in itself, but, um, and, and that's, that's what we do yeah. with Moaco teams too. There's like financial classes that we teach them because we recognize that it's one thing to help adults, but you can break that cycle if you start at a younger age. You know, Tarek and I, we didn't grow up in the same neighborhood in Memphis, but we grew up in very similar neighborhoods. And they were impoverished, they were crime-ridden, you know, and we didn't have, you know, not, not to say that our parents didn't have the best intentions, but, you know, they were working and we had to make a lot of decisions for ourselves as young people. And so were it not for the grace of God, you know, he would probably be doing something a lot less, you know, commendable. And I might, you know, be living an entirely different life. And so because we recognize that, unfortunately, we're almost anomalies, right? That people who do well, they leave yeah. Memphis and never come back. We came back because we want to teach young people and help their families, too, understand that you know god wants you to live a blessed life god wants you to have more but it's also going to take a change in mindset and also a change in the way that you work and function yeah we built we built our own bridge so we understand what the rest of our young people need to come across mm -hmm. you know again we built our own bridge 
Somebody so, tweet that. Tweet that. Yeah, so being a, you know, being that, uh, being an, a, a, a life engineer, you know, we're able to now. I like that. Um, we're able to now cultivate these young people to be very, very productive and very successful. Um, so it's funny you mention that because that brings clarity to Moaco teens. How do you get to abundance? Well, the first is detoxing. It's detoxing the hand of oppression. And, you know, detoxing is, is walking out on that water, you know, like walk, being in that uncomfortable area where you have to keep calling on the power of God. So you, <laughs> you have to keep calling because it's like, yo, this, this, like, this is, uh, I don't, God, God, okay, oh, God, God, come on, come on, come on, God, let's uh, let's get this done together because uh, this is quite another challenge. And if you don't keep challenging yourself, you become complacent. You know, it's like yeah, you know, and the list goes on. So, um, uh, Moaco teams, you know, is uh, one avenue um, for young people, and you know, you know, particularly we focus on young people because you know us adults. You know, we tend to, uh, you know, settle in our ways, you know. Uh, but I do want to encourage any adults to start to challenge themselves. Walk out on that water, you know. Uh, I want to break this down real quick. Mm -hmm. For the entrepreneurs, um, here you are, you know, yearning to transition from, you know, that job into <clears throat> that career or that company you would like to own. And it's, you have to get that that entrepreneur mentality of you just simply generating the same sum of dollars in that same hourly wage in that same um in that same framework that you already work in you know and that's that's a challenge i'm giving you a challenge you have to now challenge yourself to say okay if i make 80 bucks a day that means that i have to sell 40 hot dogs at $2. Okay. All right. Well, I, you reach you reach 40 in the first six months. Now, see, that's a lofty goal right there. That's what I share with entrepreneurs all the time because you have to be, you have to respect self. You know if you're lazy, you know if you know if you have kids or so many responsibilities that you cannot achieve it you can't sell 40 hot dogs in two weeks you you know that the time is going to take you six months to get to 40 hot dogs and that's fine be honest with yourself now when you're honest with yourself and then you actually set a goal and you don't achieve it that's when you have to start to dig more into god and start to reflect on self and really start to develop who you are because you're not being honest with yourself at that point if you set a goal based on the reality of you and how you truly operate and you still don't achieve that goal, well, there's some self-reflection that needs to happen. And that's when drill yeah. sergeant is coming. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I think we can sum that up there. Did we, I know that we, you know, we get excited at times. Yeah. Well, this is exciting. You know, when you're living your passion, you're living your purpose and you want other people to do the same because you have traveled that road and you feel it, it, it it's very exciting. And so can you please share with people as we close, Kia and Tarek, how can people work with you? How do you advise people to get in touch with you, to follow you on social media, all of those things? Well, yeah, 
Well, first, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm online. Um, my my online presence <clears throat> is is there, and I do want to share that that my online presence is is not as strong as kids. It is yeah. nowhere near as strong as kids. Care about no, my yeah, I have other strategies that generate and they dollars. That's okay? what makes you the perfect team. That's no, what makes you the perfect team because kids yeah, right on social media. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This 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 social myth about generating dollars is getting out of hand. The fact that followers me. and likes not not to say that it doesn't work. It does. It does. It does. Social media works, but that is not the only way. That is not the only way. So again, I just wanted to share that. Uh, yeah, uh, Twitter, you uh, you dig dance dot com. Um, He's not gonna follow you on Twitter, yeah, Facebook, channels. Yeah, I'm the guy in but the back that just does all the operation, but, guys. But you do know. explore the website. We're actually rebuilding it, but so just go. You can find out more about him. You can go to either. Is it pointing out already? Uh, we just got the new domain for the new dance company but if you go to you did dance that's you as in universe d is in dance i is in important g is in go dance.com that's where you can find out more information about Tarek and his other company um and where can we find you kia i know that people can find you in the sacred bombshell handbook of self-love <laughs> but where else can they find you at live um, if you're if you're looking at your lower third, my website is listed. That's livelovekia.com. That's L-I-V-E-L-O-V-E-K-I-A.com. And my website name is also how you'll find me on Facebook, how you find me on Twitter, how you find me on Instagram, and how you find me on Periscope, which is my new favorite place to be. Beautiful. So live love Kia. Live love Kia. And I just want to just shout out some of the people who were playing with us today on Twitter. Thank you to Mimi5383. Thank you to Megan and Rebecca. Thank you to Lou Bay225. Thank you to Adebayo. Thank you to Thank you. Walker. Thank you to Did I get and Tarek was the star of the show. All of these tweets are about him. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to Felicia and at Color Me Privy. And thank you to Adrena Monet and Neil Justin and so many more. Thank you for watching. And I actually have a gift for you if you go to ownyourbombshell.com that I've reclaimed the word sacred bombshell to mean a woman who loves honors and cherishes herself in mind body and spirit if you go to ownyourbombshell.com i have a free gift for you there and kia has all kinds of powerful things going on follow kia follow tara because i see i i'm just looking at them and i see even like greater things than the amazing things that they are doing and i'm just gonna right now just put some predictions into the world i see a relationship ministry coming from them they may not even know some of these things but i see them and i speak on them i see some sort of reality something coming from them and so these things are coming so follow them be a part of their world be a part of their magic while you continue to make your own thank you so much for watching spiritpreneur school you can subscribe on itunes see us on youtube and i am throughout the universe at aviola tv where the tv stands for transformation and victory so stay blessed and i will see you next time bye oh, thank, thank you, you so much thank you Kia, thank you, Tarek. Bye bye. Yola, support her. Amen. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Yay. <laughs>
Thank you. Thank Bye. you.